How would you describe your family's relationships with screens these days? I know in my family, a year of COVID confinement means it's time to reset some boundaries that have gotten a bit blurry with respect to our screen time. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host for The Plugged In Show, focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, if you're a regular listener to The Plugged In Show, you know that we spend a lot of time talking about the influence of screens. Well, today we've got a terrific opportunity to go deeper with some practical, in-depth help in this area. And I'm really excited to be joined by Dr. Gary Chapman and Arlene Pellicane. They're the authors of the book, Screen Kids, Five Skills Every Child Needs in a Tech-Driven World. Well, there is a ton of wisdom packed into the pages of this book. I've been reading it myself, and I I really am looking forward to implementing some of those ideas. And today, we're going to unpack just a little bit of that wisdom for our listeners. Dr. Chapman and Arlene, thanks so much for taking time to talk to The Plugged In Show today. So great to be with you, Adam. Thank you. Yes, thank you. We're excited. Well, Dr. Chapman, I'd like to start with you today with a big picture question. Why do you think it's so important to be discerning when it comes to our kids' media choices? I think because there's no question about it, media impacts children, either negatively or positively, Yeah, but it makes an impact. And uh, I think, therefore, as parents who are older and hopefully a little more wisdom than children have, (laughs) that we need to be involved in what they're watching and we need to interface with them about what they're watching okay. because it can stir up good conversations. If yeah. you're asking, you know, what do you think about that? Or what do you think? What did you learn from this? It, it can stimulate good conversations. So there's a positive part. And there's no question about it. All kids are going to be impacted by technology in our day. It's yeah. just a matter of trying to help them, you know, be exposed to the better things, the positive things, and help them process the negative that maybe is, is there as well. All right. Well, Arlene, we were talking a little bit before we started today, and and you've got three children as well. Um, How would you respond to that question? Why is it so important to be discerning with regard to our kids' media choices? We believe what we see over and over again. Oh, that's a great point. So or if, here, over or and here, over, again. over and over again. So we as parents might be saying, you know, honor God. And marriage is important and save yourself for that right person and for marriage. We might be saying these things, Mm -hmm. but if our kids are constantly watching and they're seeing, you know, sex outside of marriage and they're hearing a lot of cursing and they're seeing the bad guy get away and he's rewarded, you know, they're seeing things that are contrary to what we're talking about. After a while, they're asking you like, hey, why can't people of the same sex fall in love? You know, because they see that pictured and then they start to believe that, you know, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So there, you just have to, I, I think of my friend Mark Matlock, who is with Barna and has worked with youth for so long, and he talked just two words, screens, disciple. Hmm. And I think that is so good because screen time, it can strengthen your child and, and the beliefs that you want them and the godly things that you want them to have, but it can also really pull them away that you're like, wait a minute, where did you get these ideas? Yeah. And then you realize, oh, it's a show. 
they've been following or yeah. it's a personality that they've been following or they've been listening to you know little clips and they are, are believing you know so it's it's it does make a difference and because it's so personalized you know it used to be like a TV's in the middle of the room and you kind of know what everyone's watching right. but now it's so personalized that you you kind of don't know what they're watching on their phone on their tablet etc so screens disciple media is very influential wow i love that phrase i don't know that i've ever heard anybody say it quite like that and that's why i had to give him credit because i loved it as well you know back in uh well a long time before any of us were born you know we would talk about catechism right Mm -hmm. and a catechism is a a book uh, that helps you understand the core statements of what we believe and why and obviously in a in a society where Things were more oral and not as many people read. It was passed along. But now we have something similar. You know, we have this catechizing, this discipling going on. So I love that. What else is happening? I read this in the Wall Street Journal about how we used to all watch the same things. Yes. That it would be common. Like the most watched shows were like Gunsmoke and Bonanza. And one out of three people in America watch these shows. Right. And it was about how now everything is so segmented that something that's a top 10 show you know, you've probably never heard of it. Like it's right. so segmented. And so I think that in a, it used to be that the media could bring a family together. Like they'd watch Gilligan's Island together and yep. they'd kind of have the same language. But now it, it actually literally divides because we all know about different things and we live in these different worlds. Well, and, and I have three children that pride themselves on all liking their own thing. Right. Like they wouldn't want to admit that they actually enjoyed something that one of their siblings likes. Because they all have to individuate and, you know, be their own person. Well, you know, we all know that screen time usage was out of hand before the coronavirus hit. And now we've been locked up. Some people have literally been locked down for a year. Here in Colorado, We've kind of gone back and forth between full lockdown and, and not quite as severe. Um, but how has that impacted kids and specifically their screen usage over the last year or so? I read a statistic comparing May 2019 to May 2020, and it was a 50% uptick. Oh. So it's like, man, if you're oh. struggling before the pandemic, you know, what is happening after the pandemic? So I think the, the really great awakening in a bad way. will be, wow, we have some really ingrained habits now of we are used to hours and hours of entertainment every day, and we're just used to kind of skating by school. And all of a sudden, when it switches off, and now we're spending eight hours in school physically Mm -hmm. without our video game, without our social media, without our phone nearby, I think a lot of kids will have a very hard time paying attention. Yeah, you know, even just getting in the the uh, proverbial minivan this morning with my kids to take them to school, my 14-year-old was like pitching this nuclear fit about going to school. And Mm. I'm like, bud, it's school. Right. This is what we do. What do you think? Do you think that we're not doing this anymore? Like it's optional. Not only are you going to school, you get to go to school. (laughs) You know, it's a privilege that some places don't have right now. Well, Um, You know, over the last year, as habits have sort of slipped out of control, and I'll raise my hand and stand at the front of that line. My wife and I both have full-time jobs. We've been home some. We've been out some. Kids have been on their own more than maybe we would have liked, and we're wrestling in this area too. So I don't have it all together here. Um, 
for parents who want to reset boundaries, where would you recommend starting when it comes to clawing back that lost ground? I, I'm really personally curious what yeah. you guys have to say yeah. here. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things is we have to have a family discussion. Mm. And so, you know, we've been in a different world for a year. And we kind of describe, you know, what it's been. We all know what it's been like. Uh, but now uh, schools are going to be open and churches are going to be open. And uh, we're going to have to rethink things and we're going to have to uh, change things a bit. So I think that kind of discussion with the family, the parents leading the discussion, the kids being involved in the discussion. And then talk about the importance of education. Uh, because no, I don't care what we've done. It hasn't been as good as it would have been if we were in class every day. No, it has not. Right. <laughs> so, All I have to do is look at my son's report card to yeah, know that. right, yeah. So I think that's where it begins, and, uh, and we can make some decisions at that just in one conference, and then maybe in a couple of weeks we'll evaluate where we are. But we've got to say it's going to be different now. We're going back to something we had before or maybe still different but different from what we've been doing. Uh, and I think parents have to take the initiative in that and not okay. just expect that the children are going to be on board when we make the change. Yeah, they're talk, probably not going to be yeah. excited. Yeah, talk about it. <laughs> we want the COVID lockdown back. They're going to uh, be seriously. like, we want back to our screen. <laughs> you know, and I would start at nighttime to say, hey, we're going to pull your devices out of your rooms. And that's going to be unpopular. If your child has a device in the room, that's mm-hmm. not going to be, you know, you're not going to win any points with that one, but that's a great place to start, to okay. think you need to start sleeping. And, you know, and we parents, we remember when our kids were babies and it's like you you just walked around in the sleep-deprived funk because every four hours or whatever, your baby's crying. Well, that's right. the equivalent of what the teenager has with a phone in the room, 2 a.m., zoop. 4 a.m. zit, 6 a.m. zit, hey, you want to play? Do you want a game? You want to do? And it's like, they're not going to be rested that way. So hmm. even just starting with, you know what? Nighttime, we're going to collect all the devices because we want you to get a good night's sleep. And again, your kid's not going to really like that. Right. But it's a great place to start. Well, one of the things that I would note about what both of you have said is it doesn't seem like you're advocating a sort of. Um, all or nothing approach. Like we make maybe one change mm-hmm. and implement it and then revisit it and then see where we're at. Is that, do, am I hearing you both correctly in that? I would say kind of yes and no. Okay. If you have a kid who is really a video game addict and you're like, okay, well, we're going to do two hours instead of four hours, that child is still. It's not going to solve, in reality, a whole lot. They're okay. going to play the two hours, and they're going to ask you, can I play more? Can I right. play more? Can I... So for that child, maybe this really cold turkey, one-month detox, and let's see how you feel and how you do. Like you know, it's, It just depends on the okay. kid because I think, think there are some things where you either have to do all or nothing. Yeah. So it does depend on the child. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think also it's not just how much time they spend on, it's what they're, what they're doing, yeah. you know. Okay. And, and, if, and if we haven't in the past, if we haven't known what they're doing, then, then we need to be involved in conversation with them about what they're doing. Okay. Well, and that leads me to my next question, and this is in some ways a parallel question to the last one. One of the things that I think I have struggled with during COVID as a parent is – my kids have not had the ability to go hang out, to have play dates. You know, when we were growing up, we didn't have play dates. We just went and played. Exactly. But, <laughs> you just went now, outside. You didn't know Now we no have to like schedule it and, yeah. and parents have to know what's going on. And we drive our kids across town for two hours and go get coffee. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> but um, 
my kids and my 14 year old son especially have played games online where he has the headset on and he's talking to his friends. And so it's not just about limiting screen time or limiting video game access, but it has that relational component. And when they haven't had it, I think it's been easier for them to work me as a parent. Absolutely. Um, But how do we navigate that as a parent when this, this thing they've gotten used to in the way that they've related also has that relational component to it? I heard it said, and I think this is so good, that's why it's so tricky because it's the bundling of the good and the bad. Yeah. Like that's good that your son's talking to his friends and they have this common interest, but then it's like, oh, wait a minute, this is bad if you want to do it hours and hours and hours a day and if you can't do anything else with these boys besides gaming. Okay. So that'd be a question, like when COVID's over and you can do things or, you know, in another, can you also play basketball? Can you right. guys go mm-hmm. hang out? Can you do other things? And if it's that, oh, we only game, then you kind of see, well, that's limiting because as you grow up into an adult, is that the only world you want to be competent in? You know, for right. boys, you want to be competent in different things. And I heard it was like a, an alcoholic going to a bar. It's like the good <laughs> thing is you're hanging out with your friends, right? right. Everybody you're talking, knows your name. <laughs> you're talking and that's good. And so when you say, oh, I'm going to stop drinking, then it's like, oh, I miss that social component. Right. And how interesting it is for some people that are, have a problem with addiction, they're prone to addiction. It's that same thing of, okay, I like being with my friends, but this game is being problematic in my life. You know, it's getting mm. me in trouble because I'm not doing my homework. I don't do my chores. I'm, you know, rude to my parents, uh, you know, all those things. If you see this as a problem, then even though it has that positive social aspect, we really do have to look for, hey, we need to like, so we play ultimate Frisbee, which is like soccer with a Frisbee. And we Mm -hmm. go on Sunday afternoons, you know, it's in the park, it's outside, and my son hangs out with his friends. And so think of alternative ways for your son and your daughters, you know, for them to hang out with their friends and be kind of willing to take that risk. You know, I know some people are very cautious with COVID, but take that risk, uh, I think, that's perhaps a, a risk better taken than thinking of like, hey, let's just throw these video games and social media in. Okay. Yeah, I think also it depends on the child's interest. Okay. For example, if they have an interest in athletics and they haven't been able to participate in athletics yeah. because of the uh, shutdown, uh, then this is the time to say, okay, school's starting back perhaps, and now uh, which, what would you like to do with, uh, with athletics? Or if they're into music, you know, what, what, what do you want to do with music? Or if mm-hmm. they're into art? Or whatever. So we want to foster their interest that they already have in these kind of things because it's in those settings that they're going to continue to build friendships and have relationships. Mm. Well, it seems like what both of you are are illustrating is a real intentionality that our kids are probably not going to just magically choose these things on their own. Although I have one of my three children, mm-hmm. she always chooses the right thing. And she is so annoying to her I still want to guess that she's the firstborn. But <laughs> oh, I she's the thirdborn. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think I can sort of notice my kids' bad habits as a parent. And yet it's like, oh, we need to deal with that. And we need groceries and supper. And before you know it, you lose another day. Yeah. Uh, and so it seems like just picking a starting point and starting is is pretty important here. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and doing something where you can measure it. And that's why, you know, mealtime, no screens. Or pulling the screens out at night. Or, hey, on Monday nights, we're going to go Wi-Fi, everything's going to go dark after dinner. Mm-hmm. And then you guys can read a book, we can play a board game. Or just having something that you can tell you did it. It's mm-hmm. not just this nebulous let's watch better TV, you know, right. or let's make better choices <laughs> or let's, you know, so it's not this nebulous thing, but you can tell, Hey, we did it. 
Yeah. And make it something you really can do because the wind will foster like, hey, we can do this. Yeah. Versus if it's super, you know, then it's like, oh, we failed and you're just right back to square one. Just more shame. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Arlene, in, in the book, you talk about three daily recommendations with regard to screen time and other activities. And you've touched on that a little bit. Tell us a little bit more about those as well as how you've implemented those recommendations in your family. Yeah, so they're doing this big study, ABCD study, over 10,000 with 10,000 kids over 10 years. Wow. And they're, it's adolescent behavior, cognizant development, which basically means they're going to look the at their ABCD. brains. Yeah, that's the ABCD <laughs> okay. study. And what they found was healthy kids have three things in common. And I love this because you can say, okay, can we do this? And it's funny because I think 20 years ago, no one would have even thought of this. Like it'd be like, yeah, duh, that's what we do. So it's right. nine. Nine to 11 hours of sleep that your child needs a good night's rest, one hour of physical activity a day, and two hours or less of recreational screen time. You know, it's kind of, and now you can think of it, well, they have nine to 11 hours of the recreational screen time. They got two hours of sleep. You know, it's all mixed up. But it's just the basic thing of being a kid, like go out there and move, exercise, get it real tired and get a good night's sleep and have a little bit of screen time, a little digital candy, but not too much. Or you're going to be sick and then give that a rest. Okay. And what does that look like in your family? Yeah. So it's a little weird because of online school. Like you said, I live in San Diego. We're a hundred percent online school still. And so from nine o'clock in the morning till three o'clock in the afternoon with a lunch break in between, you know, we're all in different rooms doing our work. Yeah. You know, I'm working, they're on school. And then after that's over, then it could be more screen time because then it's a little bit of homework. Right. And so what we try to do is have, you know, there are rhythms. And I think that's the thing, have mm-hmm. rhythms of other things that, that don't have anything to do with screens. So for instance, Monday, we have piano lessons. So mm-hmm. then you have to go. It's like, okay, we have, whether that's Zoom or in person, but it's, we do it in person, but it's, you know, we have to go to do that. My son's doing piano lessons after school. So that's been an advantage of COVID is he's been able to monetize this thing because he doesn't have to commute. He's got extra time. So he's having (laughs) Zoom lessons and some kids come in person after school. So So then he's teaching. He's teaching. Oh, wow. So he's 16. And so monetization is a really important thing here, right? Exactly. I mean, he is motivated, (laughs) you know, and that gets him off of the screens. And then, you know, my daughter likes to knit, my youngest one, she's a sixth grader. And so, and she likes to do Lego still. So like encouraging them, like, hey, go do, but I'm telling you, I'm not perfect. I get it. Because after the online school, then it's like, oh, well, let's watch some fun videos or let's, you know, there's more of that. But then of course, there's always more of that, that. (laughs) but you've got the dinner break. And then what we try to do after the dinner break is, you know, hey, do you guys still have more homework? And then if they don't have more homework, okay, let's go dark. Like, let's not be on screens anymore after dinner because we've already been all day on the screens. Well, it seems like one of the challenges there, and this is where it hits home, as parents, you know, we talk about our kids' screen time usage, Mm -hmm. but as parents, oh boy, we got to look in the mirror too, right? Right. And um, maybe mom and dad's screen time, we're still a little bit old school. We'll watch the news um, we'll toggle between cable news networks and play some sort of weird political, you know, <laughs> game right. of, of bingo. <laughs> right. you know? So we like to relax watching TV yeah. and we might think we almost put it in a different category, mm-hmm. but we're still potentially modeling. Yeah. How do we as parents begin to break our own habits? How does that fit into the picture? Yeah. I think it's really important because I remember, uh, the mother, I had challenged her to, uh, say to your daughter, 
Uh, I'm thinking about my being a mother, and I really want to be a better mother. And uh, so I want you to give me one idea that will make me a better mother. And her daughter said, well, Mom, I don't ever get your full attention. Mm. When I walk in the room and talk to you, you're always doing something else. You're either on your, your iPad or you're watching TV or you're knitting or you're doing you, And you don't look at me. I, I feel like I don't have your full attention. Mm. And that would, that would make you a better mother from my perspective. Because <laughs> the mother got what she asked for, you know, <laughs> real information. And uh, I think if we... Uh, don't give them quality time and look at the and look in their eyes and talk to them when they walk in the room. Then we're communicating to them that stuff on my machine here is more important than you, and that's mm. not what we want to communicate. But that's what they're feeling. So I think we have to keep that in mind as well. So the other night, this is just my own illustration yeah. of this question. I quietly, instead of saying, "Hey, everybody, we got to get off screens," because as as a parent, that's my temptation, right? Okay, we're we're making the change now. And then they roll their eyes and just look at you. I made sort of a quiet vow to not be on my phone for three hours after dinner. And I sat, I read the Bible. I did some journaling and my wife looked at me. She's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I just decided I'm going to take a break. And I, and yeah. I didn't like announce it ahead of time. I just did it. And, and that doesn't make me some sort of saint because believe me, that's probably the only three hour window I've been off of my screen recently, but I'm like, okay, I got to, yeah. if I'm going to ask my kids to do it in some ways, I think I have to go first as a parent. And then how interesting, cause you got to do these things that you don't normally do. Right. And it probably was very like calming, peaceful, focusing it was for great. you to do those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I'll have my confession too, because I just told you that I we want to be off of screens after dinner. But the truth is some many nights, you know, we'll have the dinner totally screen free. We're talking and, you know, you kind of get your cup filled from that. And we yeah. really do have a good conversation around the table. There's five of us. And so after dinner, you know, you kind of drift and do your own things. And it's hard to find something that all five of us like to watch because mm. I'm a big fan of if you're watching together as a family, I think that can be something really great, like yeah. something that bonds you, something, but to find something that everybody likes, it becomes challenging. So what I tend to do is like, let's say my daughter and I like to watch a show. So we discovered When Calls the Heart. So that's... Did you I, watch this are week? You kidding Did you watch me? last night? No, don't night? even talk to me. I did not see it because... My daughters yell at the screen no, when a certain don't. character no. is deciding between one exactly. person and the other person. I'm not saying anything. I was... I, so... This is a whole other thing, right? So we don't subscribe to the Hallmark Channel, uh -huh. so I can't get them live like that. It's only six bucks a month. Oh, you can my do words. It. I know. So I, might, I might have to do that. But, so this was our discovery during COVID, and I'd never watched it before. Yeah. So we've watched all seven seasons. Yep. My daughter Lucy and I have watched all seven seasons, but my big kids don't really care for it. Once in a while, I can pull my daughter in. Yeah. But, you know, my 16-year-old son really has no interest. No. My husband James will watch it. He doesn't it. care where the heart is. He doesn't <laughs> care where the heart is. He doesn't. And he thinks the action is silly. You know, all that stuff. <laughs> But we love it. And so she and I will watch that. And I feel good about that. Like, yeah. this is fun. Yeah. But then it's like, what does that leave my teenagers to do? But, right. you know, so there's this, you know, you're kind of constantly having to recalibrate. Like, okay, what kind of habits are we building? What's going on? And now I'm kind of feeling like, but you know what? If my two big kids, if they watch like a Marvel movie together right. while I'm watching When Calls the Heart with Lucy... That could work because that happened right. the other night. And then I was like, because now everybody's watching with somebody. So I'm kind of a fan 
of watching with someone in your family because yep. usually you watch alone. Yeah, no, that's right. And and so I have watched it. My my wife and my daughters. Look at you, Adam. Adore I I have a whole new respect for you. That when you know calls about the this. heart. <laughs> and now I have to confess that they will occasionally call me out. They're like, Dad, get off your phone. Yeah. We're watching the show together. We're not dual screening. So I, I won't let them dual screen and they That's won't so let me funny. dual screen. That's so, good. Like Reagan said, trust but verify. I love yeah. that. I love that. <laughs> well, here's my next question. As we begin to make changes, and this may apply more to teenage boys, especially if we're talking video games and there's resistance and it's hard. How long after we begin to adjust some of those boundaries and rules before they sort of habituate and stop pushing back? Because we've tried some of those things and it's conflict city. I mean, it's really difficult. And so I think as parents, sometimes, you know, it's sort of like training a puppy who's going to outlast who here. And as parents, we get tired and the conflict continues. So how long do we have to implement those changes before we begin to see, I guess we would call them results. Yeah, I don't know if there's a magic answer. I would go for 30 days. Okay. So I think after a few days, you're, you're going to see a short-term change. But after the three-day little experiment, they're just going to go back to do what they were doing, most likely. Okay. So um, from what I understand, a 30-day time period is enough for the brain to kind of reset and to say, oh, look, I get to calm down. Because when they're gaming, the brain is like, whoa, a lot of excitement going on here. Right. And that dopamine is flowing, and they're just like, wow, a lot of pleasure. We got to, what do we do with this? They start shutting down because it's too much. So it's kind of like that fire hose to the brain. So in 30 days, that brain is like, oh, I can calm down now. I can start healing up. And literally, people will say that a month later, oh my goodness, my child can pay attention better. My child's not as jittery. My child is more patient. My child is easier to live with. So something literally happens to their brain Mm. in that 30-day reset period. And a lot of families, once they experience that, and even the child will say, you know, of course the parents will say, we don't ever want to go back. Like we like this new kid. But it (laughs) is an effort for that parent then to continue to say, hey, buddy, this seems to be really good for you. I think we better do another 30 days right? and then another 30 days. And then all of a sudden, hey, if you can't handle this video game, then that you might not see that video game again. And right. that's that's hard stuff. Yeah. But think of the alternative. Right. If you're just like, okay, we did the 30 days and we loved it. We love this new kid, but it's hard to, you know, and then you slip back. Well, now you have to deal with that. Right. So you kind of have to pick your fight right. of what fight do you want. Yeah. And yet the reality is there's always going to be, okay, we're making changes. We're having a reset. And then we slip back. Mm -hmm. Like they're very few. The people who like make it stick the first time. Well, they annoy me. (laughs) I don't like the people. They make it look bad for the rest of us. Right. Um, But I think that we have to stay engaged and we have to keep trying because sometimes it's like a diet. I mean, how many of us have decided we're going to quit eating sugar Mm -hmm. And after 30 days, sugar tastes really a lot sweeter because we realize how habituated to it we were. But we can fall off the wagon, too. Yep. Believe yep. me, I'm not even sure where the wagon's at right now. <laughs> it, just, it just went on without me. Um, Dr. Chapman, anything to add yeah, to that? Yeah, I was just going to say also, I think uh, it depends on what we do with that time that we're okay. going to cut back. 
And if we can channel them into things that they are excited about or will get excited about, uh, particularly, again with, again, with their interest, or maybe doing things we haven't done before okay. or playing a game we haven't played before, you know, a board game kind of thing before, yep. uh, those kind of things. So the, the more we can use that time in a positive way rather than they're just – so I'll just have to sit around here now. I can't do anything, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, my wife is, is full of wisdom, and she will often tell me, we can't just think about what we're cutting out. Um, yeah. We have to think about what are we adding back in. Yeah. And yeah. if we're not intentional about doing that, uh, it's not going to work yeah. uh, because that that vacuum is too strong. Yeah. Well, my final question today is if you could give – one last word of encouragement to parents in this area. What would that be? It is not too late. Oh, that's now, a good if word. If you are listening <laughs> and you have like a one-year-old, two-year-old, good. Please keep listening. Please go read Screen Kids because if you can set that mold right the first time, you're going to save yourself a lot of trouble. But if you're listening, you're like, man, what am I going to do? Like, it's not a coincidence that you are listening right now. Mm. And so it is not too late. And from this day forward, you can be like, this is what I want. This is what, you know, because when you, you know, the commercials show the, that dream home and we're all like happy together and we're making pizza in the kitchen together and we're all watching a movie together with popcorn. <laughs> and you're like, that's why you buy these products because you want this happy family. <laughs> and you know what? It's not too late to say, I want that and let that be the thing you're trying to put in. And then if the screens have to fall away because you're having, you're making these memories together, then that's a good thing. It's not too late. And you can apologize to your kids and say, hey, I'm sorry I've let you do these things. I've been, you know, kind of lazy and busy and I, I'm sorry. And this so there's is a what taking responsibility there on our part There is a taking responsibility parents. that, you know, we've kind of let this happen because it's obviously easier and it's popular. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not weird that you're letting your kids be on the iPad for 10 hours a day because that's something that's more common now. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> so, so start with that apology, and it's not too late. I think what I would say, and this may seem unrelated, but I think it's super related, and that is make sure you're meeting that child's need for emotional love. Mm. And uh, the five love languages can yeah. be very, very helpful I've heard with of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you not only know their primary love language, but you're giving heavy doses of it and sprinkling in the other four, because if that child feels loved by you, they're going to be far more open to whatever you do mm. uh, for them and whatever guidelines you draw for them. I love that point. And I, and I think as parents, knowing that it's not too late to start over and that we can understand our kids and love them in a way that makes a difference, I, I think we need hope because sometimes yep. it can feel yeah. pretty overwhelming, yes. you know, the habits that have gotten entrenched in this this crazy alternate universe that we have been in for a year. And you know what? I think it's also okay to get mad. Like the kind of anger that like, Mm. I cannot believe the evil that is streaming in my house through these devices. That that kind of holy anger is okay mm. to be like, these are my children and I have to protect them. Go and a little so bit that, mama bear. That, yeah, the mama or bear maybe can a come lot out. mama bear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that, that can come out. That's okay to let that out. All right. Well, Dr. Chapman and Arlene Pelicane, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, I know this is going to be really helpful to our Plugged In Show audience. It's been helpful for me. Uh, I just, you know, we're in the middle of trying to reset some things too. And so my questions here today are not academic. They're very personal. So 
Thanks so much for taking some time to be with us today. And if you'd like to go deeper with this content today for a gift of any amount, we would love to send you the book that we've been talking about, Screen Kids, Five Skills Every Child Needs in a Tech-Driven World. You'll find a link to order that book, as well as links to some of the other things we've been talking about today in the episode notes for this week's show. Or give us a call at Focus on the Family at 800-A-FAMILY. Well, on behalf of the Plugged In team, as well as Dr. Chapman and Arlene Pelicane, I want to say thanks so much for listening today, and we look forward to connecting with you again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show.